The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on Crawl Call, you may have heard a lot about something called mindfulness, but what is it? How hard is it to do, and does it really work? Our Crawl Call life coach, Cynthia James, is back, and she'll explain mindfulness to us and even lead us in an on-air exercise. Plus, Brian James is the creator and a star of the hit digital series, Youthful Days. He's here today to spill the details on some star-studded additions to the cast. That's what's coming up today on Crawl Call. everybody, welcome to another episode of Kroll Call. I am your host, Dan Kroll. I have been your host for something like 301 episodes now, give or take one or two here or there. Thank you so much for tuning in today and spending part of your day with us, whether you are listening live every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or in our archives, either on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, in the iTunes podcast library, where it's available for free, or in our archives at crawlcall.com. Those are three of the places that you can listen if you can't catch the show live. But regardless of however you listen, we're so glad that you're here. And like I said, it's been about 300 episodes now, and we have talked about a lot of things on the show. Coming up later in this hour, we'll be talking to Brian James about his digital series. You may call it a web series, but we're calling it a digital series because it's a little more encompassing. I don't even know if anybody even says web anymore. Uh, if you're of a certain age, you may remember when everything was on the World Wide Web, on the World Wide Web. Now, I don't know that anyone says World Wide Web anymore. Uh, just something to think about. That's a terminology that has uh, gone the way of the dinosaurs. But dialing it back a bit, Brian James will be here because there are just a gaggle of daytime favorites that are joining the next batch of episodes coming up from Youthful Days. I want to find out who they are. I want to find out how we got them. And we'll, you know, try to have some surprises and such. But coming up first, uh, something completely different. Uh, you know, sometimes soaps and digital series can be crazy and all over the place. We're going to try to center ourselves a bit. There's been something that's on the rise. It's called mindfulness. You may have heard about it. I know recently 60 Minutes did an entire segment about mindfulness and what it means. And I still think that there's a lot about this terminology, as there are with a lot of things, where you hear a buzzy word but don't know quite what it means. 
to find out more about what mindfulness is. So I reached out to a wonderful friend to the show, Cynthia James. She was here last in the fall of 2014, and she helped lead us through some exercises to make sure that we didn't, you know, stab crazy relatives at the Thanksgiving dinner table with a fork and throw sweet potatoes. I mean, it could have been fun, but I think it could also go terribly wrong as well. After a much long, uh, too much of a sabbatical, she is back. She is going to help us learn what mindfulness is. I had the opportunity to talk to her earlier in the week, and I wanted to share that with you now. So please, let's take a listen to my interview with Cynthia James. My first guest this week is making a long overdue return to Kroll Call. I believe she was last with us for our Thanksgiving Survival Guide of 2014. So in case your life or your energy is in need of a little readjustment as we start to wrap up 2015, this is going to be a welcome interview for you. Cynthia James is our official life coach here on Kroll Call. I am so glad to have her back. Cynthia, it's been too long. It most certainly has. I've missed you. I have missed you as well. So we have a whole lot of things to talk about. I mean, it's been almost a year since you were last here. What have you been up to since your last appearance here on the show? Oh, I started uh, a mastermind online for women. Um, We're taking 25 women through a four-month Create the Life of Your Dreams program, which is exciting beyond belief. These women are writing books and starting businesses and changing the world. It's just awesome and and, um, and we're going to do a conference in January in in, um, in Denver. And I've also taken people to Domenher, Italy, which is in northern Italy, to a mystical uh, sacred uh, pilgrimage. Um, and and Domenher is an amazing place. And we spent 10 days in meditation in temples that are inside a mountain. Wow. So I, I want to go back just briefly, and we'll, we'll talk about this more coming up. Creating the life of your dreams. For a lot mm-hmm. of people... Uh, that sounds sort of fantastical. It sounds like something that uh, you might see on a on a reality show where you know there are millions of people making things happen. Is it? I mean, is it really that hard? It's such a difficult word to put in there, but is it really as challenging as people might think to create the life of their dreams? No, it is not. And the first thing I say to people is is that identify your passions. You know, what are you passionate about? And put aside how you make money at it. Just what do you love to do? What inspires you? What lights you up? What makes you smile when you think about it? And then what are those things, I call them pain points, what are those things that take you off center? And you go about doing more of the things you're passionate about and transforming those pain points into, into opportunities, infinite opportunities of expression. Hmm. No, I, that's, that's, I'm listening to that. It sounds like you're talking about me to a certain extent. <laughs> um, you know, what is it that, that makes you smile? What is it that makes you happy? I, I'm kind of doing that. I've been doing it for 20 years. So that's, um, I can relate to that. When you speak that, I feel that as my, my truth. I feel that as an honest statement. Um, and I always try to sort of relate that to other people because it, it does sound, it, it sounds like a fairy tale for a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think and that's fascinating. I do the same thing, Dan. I, I'm living it. 
And I haven't always done that. I, I used to build other people's kingdoms, and I used to show up and, and support people because I thought I had to struggle to, to have a life that I wanted, and I, could, and I had to put my dreams and my passions on hold. And one day I woke up and said, why? Hmm. Yeah. That's that's a question. I, I really want people to, to ask themselves that. We'll be talking about more of these because, as I've mentioned, we're going to try to have Cynthia back more regularly. It's been way too long. Things are out of kilter. But, Cynthia, I have to, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about living in the present. But for just a moment, mm-hmm. I need to speak about some things that have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Cynthia, Days of Our Lives turns 50 next month, 50 mm-hmm. years old in October. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. It's kind of like a oh, it just it, it's so uh, it, just a, a time of fifty years to way things have gone by, and, and so many people are excited about it, and so many people are talking about it. But um, you know, for those of you out there who are listening, we've talked about it in the past. Cynthia uh, previously appeared on Days of Our Lives. Does it seem? It's it's not for those of you listening. It's not fifty years ago. Don't don't think that I was one. <laughs> it was not fifty years ago. But for anything, um, and I'm bringing this into the context of the discussion. For anything in this era of being able to tweet something, to be able to send out a video as it's happening, the idea of anything lasting for fifty years is as much of a foreign concept as what we were talking about, sort of uh, creating the life of your dreams. These are things that seem kind of hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, but you know, here's the reason why I think it's lasted. First of all, there was a powerful vision that launched it. There, there has been constant creativity and reinvention, and there has been engagement and commitment by that audience that audience that keeps bringing other people into that engagement and commitment. And I think that that's true of anything that you create. You know, you have a powerful vision and you keep recreating and reinventing it so that it's, so that it's interesting and stimulating and you get people engaged. It's going to last. I think that's true. So I want to get people to engage in something that is sort of... Uh, it's been talked about a lot recently. Uh, we're going to be transitioning from this nostalgia of talking about something that's lasted for 50 years to talking about something that seems easy, but uh, I, I think on, on the surface, it's living in the present. Cynthia, there's been a lot of talk lately about something. It's called mindfulness. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with this? I, I guess we can call it a, a philosophy, a, a way of living. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with mm-hmm. this? I totally am. I, I practice it. So what is for you, for folks who are listening, what is your interpretation? What is your explanation of what mindfulness is? Being 100% present where where you are. And so you're not eating and trying to type on a computer at the same time and wash the clothes and, you know, feed the dog. You know, you are are present. So if you, you are, like I'm on this phone call with you, I'm present with it. I'm being mindful with what we are talking about, what, you know, what we're engaged in. So it's just being totally present. You know, mindfulness can be just washing the dishes and being present with that. It can be taking a walk and being present with yourself. It's really being in this moment, in the eternal now, because really, that's all you've got. Mm. We think we can multitask, and I just think that is so interesting. Really, you can't really do more than one thing at a time. 
You maybe have a lot of things going on around you, but you are picking that piece of paper up, and then you're going to the telephone, and then you're going to the laundry. So why not be present with what you have and with the people that you have in front of you because the gift is there. For some reason, uh, as you're, you're talking about that, and I'm still in the present, but it made me think of, uh, to a certain extent, the, the Anita Baker song, Giving You the Best That I Got. And, and to mm-hmm. that, it's sort of giving you the all that I've got for a lot of these things. You have to, if you want to do anything to the best of your ability, whether you, know, you can multitask or, or not, you're, if you are multitasking, you're not giving any one particular thing 100%. So how can it be the best that you can give that's exactly right and here's the thing you know excellence is one of my core values if you are really going to stand in excellence you have to be present and you have to give it all that you've got in that moment and you cannot do that if you're scattered all over the place so living in the present i I want to for i've discussed this i've discussed it with with folks online i've discussed it with people in my everyday life the being in the moment and the things that I've heard from people who say that they have a challenge with it are, you know, how do I be present? How do I be in that moment when I have to worry about paying the light bill or when I'm stressing about who's going to be hosting Thanksgiving this year or any number of things or who's going to pick up the children? How do you be present when there are all those other things that we have going on in our mind? Well, this is so interesting. When has worrying about having to pay the light bill helped you? Never. <laughs> when has trying to figure out who's going to host the Thanksgiving dinner so that everybody's happy worked? And when has everybody been happy? Never. <laughs> so that catapult, first of all, what you are doing is you are, you are leaning into the past to get information you know, like let's say that the light, you know, the light bill came three weeks ago and it's now due. So you're now in the past dealing with this bill that came and what you're going to do about it or last Thanksgiving dinner. But the truth is you only have today. I, I love 12 steps because, you know, it's like one day at a time, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you only have today. So if you're in the past, you are then projecting into the future what's going to happen and it may or may not All it does is create anxiety, take your cortisol levels up, and and put you in fight or flight. Why not say, what am I going to do today to to be a better person, to bring my gifts to the planet, to to create income that's going to support, you know, my way of being that makes a difference on this planet, not, you know, what's going to happen when so-and-so finds out I can't do this. You know, all the worry that we do is a distraction and takes our energy and our focus away. The other thing that I've heard from people who are talking about being in the present, there will be, I like to remember the good times. I like to remember folks who are no longer with me. I like to remember, uh, you know, things that I liked in the past. But to live in the present, mm-hmm. you're telling me I'm not able to do that anymore. What is your response to that? How can you take away love? You cannot take away love or people that you've loved. You don't, it doesn't mean you, you, you cast aside what has happened to you because it has happened, that you cast aside the people that live in your heart. They live in your heart. 
you know, and, and, and being present in the moment might be, you know, having a memory of someone that you love and just being present with that feeling in that moment. One of the things for me that I like to do in order to be present, you know, I think for a lot of folks when they hear about mindfulness, they also attach the word meditation to it. And meditation, Mm -hmm. for me, threw me slightly. Um, I've tried Mm -hmm. traditional meditation and, and had mixed results. Um, Mind is busy. But I found with the mindfulness and being present, it's a lot easier for me to walk outside enjoying these late summer warm days here in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and walking and being aware of the trees, being aware of my feet just sort of walking on the concrete or when I walk across Mm -hmm. the grass. That to me, once I started thinking about being present and thinking about the trees, thinking about the walking, thinking about where I am, and tuning off the, I need to check my phone, or uh, when I get home, I have to uh, do this particular thing, I found that surprisingly releasing, um, whether it's only for a 10-15 minute walk. For me, that helped. Is, is that something that you think would fall in into line with mindfulness? At mindfulness and meditation. You know, um, here's the thing. Not everybody can sit down and cross their legs and, you know, and just drop into a zone. Some people, it's, it's uh, I just facilitated a, a, a workshop recently, and the woman, the way in which she connected was to look out the window in nature and just allow that energy to connect with her. You know, walking is a, is a sacred thing in nature. And so I feel like what it does, you know, how, however you do it, is that it, it allows you in the moment to just put aside the to-do list and step into being. So what you just described was being in the experience of walking and, and, and have, feeling your feet on the earth and witnessing what was around you and feeling that connection and not having to do anything in the next moment except be present there. For someone who lives in a large city, for someone who lives in a very rural area, they can have their own experiences that are, I would assume, could be similar in some way or could be completely divergent in other ways. But you can find that. I mean, it's really up to the individual to find sort of in their environment then what they can be present in. Well, 100%. You know, I used to live in Los Angeles and one of the big, you know, in the central Los Angeles, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of stuff going on, you know, and I, I made one room in my house kind of a quiet space and it's where I wrote, it's where I meditated, I mean, it's where, you know, it was my quiet place, you know, because once I got outside walking my dog or whatever, there was like, you know, all kinds of stuff there. <laughs> where I live now is in the mountains of Colorado and we live on 12 acres so you can get out and walk and there's evergreens everywhere and it's quiet and it's beautiful and I can still get to the same place I did when I lived in Los Angeles because because I know that in that moment I'm committed to that practice of being present. I'm going well you know before we go on to what I want to talk about next I want to allow you for folks who are listening and they get it they hear it they sort of uh, are receptive to the idea what would be a first step? What would be your recommendation? What would be your advice for someone who wants to sort of embrace mindfulness but 
needs a little guidance of how to get there? Oh, well, first, you know, let me just do a little practice, a really simple one. Sure. So if you're listening to this and you're not driving, you're just sitting someplace, I'm going to just invite you to close your eyes and just gently connect to your heart. And I want to remind you that your heart is really intelligent. It's the first place that can be measured uh, as intelligence in an embryo. So it's intelligent. So you just breathe into it and you just invite that heart to support you in being present. And you breathe in love, the energy of, and the quality of love, and you exhale peace into your space. And you breathe in love, and you exhale peace into your space. And this time, breathe in love to the count of four, hold it to the count of four, and exhale peace the count of four. Breathe in love to the count of four. Hold to the count of four. Exhale to the count of four. Now, now how do you feel in that moment, Dan? Wonderful. Um, I was worried there that we wouldn't be able to continue with the interview because I was really enjoying the feeling of the love and the peace. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was... That was that was less than a minute. I think that's really, for me, that's one of the things that I, I think maybe is one of the biggest misconceptions is that this isn't something else that you need to schedule hours into your day to do. Right. Right. That's, yeah. really, that's really people are like, oh, you know, I got to take the kids to school, got to make lunch, got to make dinner, got to pack, put the kids to school, run to the doctor. We just did something in a minute that for me... Um, has greatly changed just this short period of time. So it's really something that you can start small and sort of, you know, squeeze in here or there. Absolutely. And, you know, there's these um, these clocks or these instrument things that just kind of randomly ding, you know, at a certain time. I think they're called mindfulness in- instruments or something. And and what they do is when they when they ding, it's, it's a, a reminder in that moment to just get still for a moment. And so you could even have that, uh, people who have my app have it come in at a certain time of the day, and when that comes in, that's their reminder in the moment to just get still for that moment and be present. And, and it, it helps. It helps to just two or three times a day even just stop and, and breathe in and breathe out and be present with, you know, um, what you're feeling. And you will notice sometimes that your body is saying, you know, I'm so glad you did that. Yeah. I needed to rest for a moment. That's, uh, that's been always been my experience of, uh, I, I try to fit it into the middle of my day. And it really makes me be able to get through the, the rest of that day in terms of being able to focus, being, uh, having my energy recentered. Um, you know, and it, it, there would have been a time where I thought that this was, uh, you know, it's the crazy talk, but no, it honestly, it really isn't. That's the thing that I, I want to encourage people who are listening is this is not something that's uh, out there in left field and, and unobtainable. This is something that's very simple. You can call it whatever you want. You don't have to call it mindfulness. You know, you can call it marshmallow peeps. You can call, I mean, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you call it. Um, it's, it's sort of what you do. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, is that if you just look at at it from a physiological level, those moments of stopping like that 
help you to recenter and rebalance your body. They do. And for me, the next discussion, I want the folks who are out there, I want you to listen carefully to what I'm about to say because it will start off with a statement, but if you hang around and listen to the rest of it, you'll, you'll get the whole picture here. Cynthia, you know, it's 2015, but the campaign for the next president of the United States has already started. You know, the Pope mm-hmm. will be here in the United States. He's going to be here in Philadelphia tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There's been this sort of interesting sort of confluence of messages. There are people who feel strongly on, on partisan politics of, of blaming one side or the other. We have a religious leader who's coming here and stressing unity. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, we want to talk about it on a broader scale, so I want to narrow it down a bit, because one of the statements on your website at CynthiaJames.net is about things that you believe, and one of them mm-hmm. is, I believe that open-hearted communication builds bridges of understanding and expansion. Mm-hmm. And I often feel, whether it's looking at social media or hearing people talk, we don't have, let me rephrase that, there are a lot of people who don't seem to be building any kind of bridges of understanding and expansion. And it pains me to see that in whatever the terms, whether it's politics, whether it's personal, whether it's religious, whatever, again, whatever folks want to call it, how do we start having open-hearted communications without burning bridges, Cynthia? Well, you know, one of the things I think is to learn how to listen with the heart. You know, we're so busy being opinionated and so busy being right and pointing the fingers of blame and you're wrong and and looking at separation. We don't invite in the, the possibility of listening to another point of view. One of the reasons I like to take people on pilgrimages to different countries is so that they get to experience different people and different cultures and different ways of being and learn you know, that no matter what it looks like, at the core of it, we want to be loved, we want to be held, we want to be seen, we want to be heard, we want to be understood, we want to be respected and honored. Mm. And because that's the core, if we learn to listen as opposed to try to fix or tell or, or make someone or something different, all of a sudden we get to look at the similarities and find out how we can build on those as opposed to the things that separate us. I I think my heart hurts in this moment on the planet because there is so much um, attention and investment in separation. Hmm. I don't know if it's living in a large city where, you know, you're, you're smack dab in, in a section where you've got hundreds and thousands of people or maybe that, that's just one of the benefits of living in the city. But it really does seem difficult, as you were saying. It, it's at first glance, if, if someone approaches you, you say, oh, well, here's a woman coming towards me. It, you know, it, it's much easier, I think, for some folks to, to do that, to point out the, the ways that they're different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for example, I'm sure that we have men, I'm sure that we have women, I'm sure that we have people of all racial spectrums, all age spectrums who are listening to this show. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we're all listening to this show. So there's a similarity. It's much easier mm-hmm. to, to focus on that. Um, why don't we do that? I'm just, I know it's, it's, it's not an easy answer. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we'll get in the course of this interview, but why, Cynthia, why? 
Well, I, I think it's because the, the way the, the way the the brain is wired is to is to be curious, to dissect, to you know look at things and and pull it apart. And then we're in a culture that you know you know the way in which we are educated is from the from the neck up. Hmm. You know, how does the mind work? What are the compartments? How does it work? You know figure out the abstract, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, but the truth is the heart wants to connect. You know, when you, when you pick up a newborn, the, it's something amazing about just feeling the energy of the, of the totality of love in that little bundle that makes you want to connect because it opens your heart. When you fall in love, it opens your heart. When you are in high service on any level, it opens your heart. And I think that that's one of the things that we have forgotten. We, we, you know, we are all these different things, masculine, feminine, different races, cultures, religions, all of that, but we are all part of humanity. We all are connected and interconnected. I mean, the quantum physicists are saying that, that in this quantum field, everything is interconnected, and we forget that. We're so busy being focused on what separates us we forget that we're part of a humanity and what happens to one happens to the whole. When we don't care for this planet, it affects everybody on the planet. When we don't feed our children, it affects everyone on the planet. You know, it's not just about me or just about you. It's about us. And that's really, for me, one of the reasons that I love having you as a guest on the show because it's... It's interesting. A lot of people think that messages like yours have to be heavy-handed. They have to be uh, shouted with megaphones, and, and I don't. This is this is what people say. This is what people think. This is. It's one of the things that when I do shows like this, or when uh, I have other topics, I find that some of them uh, people feel that they're they're a hard sell. They need to be sold on the idea, and then they listen to you. They come to the show and they listen to this message. And they realize that, okay, I've just listened to Dan and Cynthia talk for 25 minutes. It seems like it's three minutes. And everything that they've said are things that I can wrap my head around. They're things that I can make changes in my life. They're things that I want to do. They're things that I want to learn more about. So I think that that's such an important gift. And I'm always so glad when you are able to share time with us. Well, I'm grateful to be here. You know, I feel like... My purpose on the planet is to remind people of how amazing we are and how fabulous it is when we work together because we can heal things. We can nurture things. We can, we can change things that don't support us simply by being awake. And so I, I'm honored whenever you ask me to come. Well, we are, I'm taking you up on that because we've, we've got the little crawl call squirrels working behind the scenes to try to come up with some dates for you to come back much sooner rather than later. But before we have to end this segment, I want to let you have the opportunity to let folks know some of the things maybe that you are working on or certainly, though, how they can get more information, how they can follow up, how they can get the app that you talked about, all of those good things. Well, um, my website is CynthiaJames.net. You can sign up for my mailing list there. I only send out a newsletter once a month letting you know all the things that I'm doing. Um, and, and I love um, connecting with people on Facebook. I'm at uh, Cynthia James Public Figure. And on Twitter, I'm at Rev Cynthia. And, and I, I, I want to tell the women who are listening, I'm doing a lot of work with women right now. Um, 
um, we are about to have a seven-day conversation cafe early in the morning with experts that talk about how you create the life of your dreams. And so if you get on my mailing list, it'll come out, and it's free. It's a, it's a one-hour call, and we just want to support you in living in your greatness. So, so I'm, I'm excited uh, to be on this planet. I'm excited to be a woman, and I'm excited to carry the message of love, and I would love anybody who's listening to, to join my community. Well, Cynthia, thank you so much for being a part of our community, and I'm going to make sure that everyone has the information. We'll send it out on our Twitter feed and, of course, on our website, and I'm already looking forward to having you back the next time. Me too, and blessings to you and for all you do. Thank you, Cynthia. It is always so great to have you here. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more of this week's episode of Crawl Call. Stay tuned. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? Well, for 20 years now, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. EverydaySoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. You can take a peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with other soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll know who slept with who, who's related to who, and of course, who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, there are exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much, much more. So whether you're watching The Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, or The Bold and the Beautiful, or if you're reflecting on some of the soaps that are no longer with us, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Now, let's get back to more of this week's Crawl Call. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Crawl Call. We are in for what I believe is a first. I don't think that we've ever had guests on the show with the same last name. But, you know, there's a first time for everything. So let me get into this and then we'll sort out the mystery of are they related or not? Because my next guest is the creator and one of the stars of the popular digital series Youthful Days. If you haven't checked out the series yet, Brian James is here today to tell you why you need to write that wrong ASAP. Brian, are you and Cynthia long lost cousins that I am now reuniting live on the air? What's going on? (laughs) <laughs> what a lead in. I, I, I want to say yes, but no, we're not. We don't know each other. <laughs> well, well, we'll figure it out. I, I mean, as they say, everyone is related some way. I mean, you've got similar names, so there's got to be. You're probably far closer related than you and I are. I'll work on that. I'll hire somebody. We will, you know, <laughs> yeah, do a get an ancestor tree thing, you know, <laughs> whatever that's called. <laughs> We'll do a, a sponsorship with Ancestry.com for a future show, and we'll bring you back, and you know, we'll find out that there's some sort of long-lost thing here. Anyway, I'm, let's... I'm good. I'm, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to have you here. We've been working on this and, and scheduling some things. So what I would like to do, as I, I prefer to do the first time someone is here on the show, is to give you an opportunity to tell as little or as much about yourself for the folks who are listening so they can, you know, sort of feel like they know you other than thinking you're related to Cynthia. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, cool. No, well, um, 
I'm an actor, and I created a, a YouTube drama series called Youthful Days, and it's in its fourth season now, and it's about my character, Drew Castle, and my multiple personality, Joshua, who uh, basically runs amok and causes problems for all of these rich people in Calabasas, California. And we've had a ton of notable guest stars, including Scott Disick from Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And um, the reason that I feel that a lot of your audience will probably take note and have known about or heard of the show and possibly have watched it is um, I've had a large number of uh, daytime actors on in part recurring and um, series regulars. So it's been rewarding and fun to, to work with, with all of them. An alternate personality running amok. Now, uh, this is strictly for, oh, research purposes. Sure, research purposes. Can one blame an alternate personality just, you know, if they do things like stealing someone's cupcake? Can I blame, I mean, can someone uh, blame their alternate personality on that or no? I mean, what happened with me is I had written my character into a corner where he was just, if you watch the show, I think there's fans that call him like P-H-O-T, which I believe refers to that hoe over there. And uh, I'd never heard of that before, but I, I embrace it. I think it's fun. And uh, so we have, we have that about Drew, my character. So he's quite promiscuous at times. And so basically I wanted to give a why to that. I always think it's more interesting whether I created the world the way I did or not, to have a why underneath any and every question. And so the why to Drew being the way that he is juggling so many uh, relationships kind of did lead to this idea that uh, became rather dark that I don't have any history of and I don't know anyone personally of, but that as a storyteller I thought was very intriguing and enriching and it did just naturally organically drive the show forward. And that was for him to have a split personality. <laughs> and so it is fun to be able to then take the show and take whatever you may think of it and maybe whatever you may think of me being the apex center of the show and hopefully twist it on its ear. And I've had a lot of fans that have responded strongly to that. They've liked Drew, but then in a way they've even liked Josh more, which has been fun. And uh, there is a lot more Josh coming up on the new episode. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity before we uh, continue moving on to apologize to anyone out there who I may have wronged in the past. It was actually Stan. Uh, you know, <laughs> occasionally I, I have these moments where I get hangry, perhaps, and it, you know, Stan comes out, and that may be some of the reasons why I've yelled at you in traffic or given you the finger or something like that that was probably not polite. And you were like, Dan would never do that. Well, you're right. It was Stan. So in researching you, Brian, now that we're back here in the present, Cynthia told us to remain in the present. Um, I was reading your biography, and it said that your first step toward acting professionally was in a TV show for Discovery Health Channel called Mystery ER. Is this one of those shows where, you know, someone comes in with a, a, an ailment and they try to guess what it is? What is the Mystery ER? This sounds fascinating. Yeah, it was great. It was on Discovery Health Channel and um, it got me my SAG card, so I forever love it. But basically, the episode I was in was about this young boy that um, was having spasms and we, were on, we, we did a lot of reenactments. So they have like the real life people talking like under that shrouded veil of secrecy, whatever, to protect their anonymity. And then we were the actors recreating everything. So it was a serious topic, but it was fun to shoot. And basically this kid was having these problems, and then they found out that he was having aneurysms in his brain. And uh, 
So the mystery of it is sometimes that these people have these real life situations and then how did they diagnose them and how did they fix it? Because then he did recover. And then we, that's why we were basketball players. So we have them, you know, he ends up being like the, you know, like scoring the, 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 the goal and the goal, like scoring the shot at the end. You know what I mean? Like just things like that. So, it so fun. it's time for a true confession as we, you know, this Things pop into my head, Brian. As folks who listen to the show regularly know, things pop in, and I have to address them because if I don't, the show can't move on. Have you, like so many other people, have you ever not been feeling well or felt a little run down, and you Google your your symptoms to see what you have, and then are absolutely convinced that you've got, you know, the West Nile scratch fever, rabbititis fever? (laughs) Have you ever done that? I, I know I have. Yes. I have, and I, but worse than that, I remember being in high school and being in health class, and I'm such a hypochondriac that uh, when we were talking about whatever it was in health class, I would feel like I for sure had it. <laughs> it was, that was a tough class to have. I don't know why that is, so I totally do relate, and I, I, I'm trying to get away from that, but I definitely have had times in my life where I was certain I had something that I didn't have, but I, you know, Google can be your friend or your enemy. I can say with absolute certainty, even though I never completely, you know, did the whole med school finishment and and getting a degree, you don't have menopause, Brian. I can guarantee you that 100% you don't need to Google. So now that we know a little bit about you, we know that you're a a mystery patient. We know that you're apparently a hypochondriac on some level. Where, how did the actual idea come to pass for youthful days? I mean, you expressed a little bit and you talked about it in your introduction, but from you know, when did this moment actually hit where you thought, wow, okay, this is my idea and I'm going to make this happen? Well, it was basically, it's, it's kind of along the way, you know, being out here in Hollywood, being an actor, studying, I've studied with Ivana Chubbuck, and I've, I've studied in different places for years and years, and uh, cultivating relationships with other actors, and, and then talking about wanting to make your own thing, because, you know, I've gone in for so-and-so show however many times, and the variables inevitably change, but the, you know, like, the truth is that uh, it is a numbers game, and it comes down to timing sometimes, and, uh, I really kind of feel the desire to want to showcase myself and wanting to create something that I found entertaining to begin with, which is what kind of led to there. So if you're asking like a, to pinpoint it, I can kind of remember being in a parking lot outside of an acting class talking to so-and-so, um, uh, and then suddenly, you know, that formation starts coming together. Originally, I wanted it to be a movie, and mm. then I wanted it to be like just a mini-series and then it turned into a web series. It's been a long, long experience. I mean, it started in 2012 was when the first season came out. And um, we were more popular overseas. We were more popular in Malaysia and Thailand, which we still are. But season three, when I started bringing on the soap talent, was when we started getting more attention in America. And now we actually are more watched in America than anywhere else, which is exciting. But it, it does kind of feel like... Uh, a blur in some way in terms of where it even began at this point. It's definitely, I think it's a testament to me um, having a strong desire and a calling, you know, in, in the acting field that I, that that's where the roots of this really have come from and transpired. This is the point of the show where I think we all chant USA. You maybe not, maybe it's, but I'm hearing the chants in my head. I'll, I'll leave them there as we move on. So for folks who, 
maybe have not been part of that surge of American traffic that is checking out Youthful Days, let me give you opportunity to sort of do a, a recap, a best of moments to get us sort of to the present, and then we'll encourage people to go back and actually watch the episodes so they can get caught up, they can binge watch, but give us the, give us the recap, the, you know, the, this is all the things that you've missed. Okay. Wow. Hmm. I know. It's like, not easy. Basically, we're living in Calabasas, and we're about to graduate high school, and um, Chris Shelstow's is um, a government spy. She's on like a Tinder date with Scott Disick. <laughs> and that's when he comes in. We're graduating high school. And um, that's when the multiple personality comes out. The audience knew about that before the characters, but now the characters have found out too. But the thing is, is with whatever stories happening, I could tell you like it would take an hour to tell you all these stories, but I just realized the best way to tell you is like, it's all character driven. So hopefully as absurd and as insane as some of these things might get, like so-and-so went over the cliff, but they lived, or someone slept with someone and they didn't know it wasn't their boyfriend and all these things. It really, just like I feel on um, some of the daytime shows, it's kind of like what's great about the serialized way of storytelling is that you could tell stories for years and years and years and years. So um, basically, it's like the blessing with useful days that I have is that I'm not telling any stories that aren't character driven and wanting to start from that is where it comes from. So it's, uh, it's really hard to, to summarize it like that, but hopefully that would give people, you know, an intriguing way in because on a surface level, we do have all of the fun things going on and all and the water cooler buzz and the, the casting, but underneath it is like this, store, this, this core story of this kid and these tragedies that he's experienced in his life and how he's coming into his own as an adult and what direction is he going to go in and the other people that are around him. I have to say, I've worked with Chriselle Staus now for, what, four or five years on the red carpet at the Daytime Emmys, and I've always suspected that she's a spy. She's just a... I love her. She's amazing, right? She's my my favorite. I literally don't like playing favorites, but she is. She's just such a pro, and she's just so kind, and um, and never have ever had even an inch of an issue with her in any way ever. And we work long days, so you know what I mean? Like, every in every job, imagine you work, it's, it's fun and glamorous, but it's also like 18-hour days on sometimes. So... I mean, I feel like I know her a little bit now, and I, you know, she's such a great, great person. I'm so happy to have her had been on the show, and to have her continue to be on the show now um, is rewarding and a blessing. And I'm really, I'm excited because there's more storyline with her. I have stuff of why did she become a spy, and where's that going from? And I actually have, and I'll tell you this now, I have a big casting announcement. Keegan Allen from the TV show Pretty Little Liars is going to be playing her um, ex-boyfriend, and you're going to see in flashbacks kind of what's happened that kind of brought her where she is now on the show. Well, tweet that out, folks, if you're listening. Start (laughs) spreading the word. We're not leaving today. The only thing I can think of is New York, New York, and that doesn't really apply. But start (laughs) spreading the word anyway. I'll come up with a song, song as we move along here, but... That's not the only person who is coming to Youthful Days. You've made some really big announcements. Just let's run us through some of the names that are going to be joining it for what season 4B we're calling it, correct? Correct. Give me some of the okay. names. Melissa Archer, um, Score. Patty McLean, 
Sean Kanan. Score. Andrew Touchette, um, Drew Garrett. Score. Carolyn Hennessy, Eden Regal. Um, I mean, I mean, I even like it's my own cast, and I'm like dumbfounded slightly, you know. And it's just everything on the IMDb page is true. And along the way, too, it's always been true. The thing is, is like I'm so blessed and thankful to be having the opportunities I have. But you have to understand that, you know, if one of these people even doesn't come on, sometimes scheduling conflicts come up. Eileen Davidson was a sweetheart to me. I talked to her over the phone several times. We had things locked down, and then CBS didn't want her. Now, with that said, anyone that wants to investigate further, it's like, well, I do have Sean Kanan. I don't know if people have different contracts. I don't, I mean, that's above my head, honestly, frankly speaking. But uh, it's so exciting to be having conversations and then signing deals with everyone. So everyone that's on the IMDb page now has a deal with me. And there are a few more castings that will probably be coming up. But I hope I didn't forget anyone. I mean, I'm very excited, as you can tell. I put everything into this guy, Wilson, as well. What a nice guy. Some of these people I've already been having personal conversations with. Caddy McClain. What an amazing actress, uh, already wanting to do character charts, already wanting to know 411 histories, which I really appreciate because she's kind of my, she's my pillar. She's my Aunt Kathy. So, and there's a twist with Chriselle coming up that I don't want to spoil, but there's going to be some dynamics where suddenly you're going to see some soap families here. So I am the center of the show, but I'm going to be hopefully bringing these people along with me in a way to build new families because if it, we are soap. But I feel like we're so just like 90210, just like primetime shows are so. But, I mean, I embrace that word. But, you know, teen drama, soap, everything. You want to build it around those families, those core families. So Drew has secrets in his past that Aunt Kathy, Caddy McLean, is going to be delving into. And also Chris Shellstouse is involved in those. And, I mean, I can't wait for the fans to see what I have coming next. Because I am kind of rebooting the show in oh. some ways. And then I'm also respecting where it's come from. You know, like if you've liked the show already, you're going to love what's coming up. And if you haven't ever seen the show, then you, you know, check it out. And I think you're going to enjoy it. And you don't need to really have watched before if you don't have to. It's, it's kind of like, I know we like to go back and watch old episodes of things, but with any show you watch, did you really start from the beginning, especially with these soap operas on daytime? Like, yeah. you know, you know, you, you, so I just want you to know as fans, and I think, I think the majority of people have heard of Useful Days at this point, and I'm thankful for that. I mean, national attention in, in some of these magazines. But uh, hopefully if they haven't checked it out or they've only heard of it or they just know of it as my thing or something, then they'll know that there's um, – I come from an organic storytelling, you know. Like I, like, you need, like I love, you know, old-school, character-driven shows built with families and then the dynamics from there. So as Useful Days continues on, I'm excited to be bringing on these names and have them kind of be molding into that idea and going back in the past. And also fans of my show know that there's issues with um, Drew's dad that's going to be readdressed, and there's lots of things that are going to be happening. There's lots of surprises in store. Oh, we are coming to the end of our time, but before we do that, I want you to know that we are ready for the speed round. Folks who know and listen know that these are just random questions that usually pop up in my head, and I ask them to see you know, what our guests have to say. So, Brian... The first question I have for you is playing off of youthful days. What's the last thing that you daydreamed about? <laughs> this is a family show. Uh, what was the second last thing? Thank you, you right? Being <laughs> <laughs> on a roller coaster. I don't know why, but I just think that would be really fun to go do right now. <laughs> I'm assuming then that you are a roller coaster enthusiast. This isn't something that you're wanting to try out for the very first time, correct? No, no, I like him. Yeah, I already, I already have fun on them. 
Okay, well then, uh, question 1A, what is the best roller coaster you've ever been on? I think my favorite one is California Screaming at uh, Disney's California Adventure because I just have fun memories there with my family. I like X2 at Magic Mountain. It may have been gotten a new name, maybe X3 now, but when I was there was X2 because it goes upside down and does all sorts of other things and it flips and the seats rotate. Uh, you need to get a fast pass if you go. Just FYI, this is a full service show. So moving from there, nice. what is your yeah. least favorite household chore? I don't like taking out the garbage and it sometimes like piles up and then it's like, uh. Hmm. I'm trying to, I, that doesn't bother me so much. For me, and folks know this by now from listening, I don't like doing the dishes. Just don't. I break <laughs> stuff. It's not a good thing. If you were a superhero, Brian, what would you want your secret special superhero power to be? Um, the first thing that comes in my mind is like reading people's minds. But that also seems like that might be awful. And I also sometimes think that I can already. So maybe, you know, like not in a not in a weird way, but, you know, like you can like instinctually tell some things about what people are thinking. Um, so it'd be interesting to know if that was actually true, if you had that ability to really It's interesting to know that mind. I knew you were going to say that because I can read minds. Now, with that, <laughs> we are out of time. Brian, please let everyone know where they can go to get more information about Youthful Days, where they can follow on social media. Give us all of the information, please. Absolutely. You can follow us on Twitter, Youthful Days. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, Youthful Days again, and uh, www.youthfuldays.com. You can then check out the website with all the episodes that are up, and uh, there's a catch-up video that you can watch for free. And then all the episodes are available to rent or buy, or you can stream um, all of the episodes that have come out so far, which is over 20 hours, and there's different prices for it. So I hope encourage people to check it out. And uh, again, all of the episodes, the new episodes, are going to drop on February 20th. Well, Brian, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to be here with us. And of course, we're going to send everybody over to check out the new season when it starts and to let them get caught up now. Perfect. Appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. And we'll have you back, I'm sure. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to. I'm sure we'll talk more, you know, coming up. I'm, there's going to be a lot of stuff. We start filming heavily in the middle of October. So I'm sure you'll see lots of behind the scenes stuff with all these people. I'm going to have them be tweeting out stuff constantly and then look for a major trailer to drop in uh, early November. Then, oh, there's going to be a lot along the way to lead up to this, this launch. And I, I hope when people see what we're doing and, you know, it's just going to get more and more excited. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you. Thank All right, you. gang, that means we are at the end of the show. I do, of course, want to thank my guests this week, Cynthia James and Brian James. Of course, we're not sure if there's any relation. We'll work on that, figure that out for a future show. Maybe it'll be a sweep show. In the meantime, if you want more information about any of our guests, please head over to our official website, CrollCall.com. That's also the place to go to check out past episodes of Crawl Call. They're available for free on-demand listening. If you prefer, though, you can also subscribe to our show in the podcast section of iTunes. Just search for Crawl Call, and you can subscribe, and new episodes will be delivered for free every time they're available. Who doesn't like free? And you can also listen 
of course, on the Voice America Talk Radio Network anytime as well. Next week, we're going to be having a premiere party for the web series Eastsiders. Creator Kit Williamson, Emmy nominee Van Hansis, and the always lovely Brianna Brown will be here. That's Friday, October 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So until then, the next time the phone rings, unless you're in the middle of some mindful meditation, pick it up because it could be the Kroll Call. Do it.